Welcome to Podcast Hackers, the show for podcasters by podcasters. Here, each episode, you'll hear from the best and brightest podcasters and learn how they're growing their audience, monetizing their shows, and making an impact through podcasting. And now, your host, Craig Hewitt. All right, welcome back to another episode of Podcast Hackers. This week, we have on Jeff Large. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Doing great. Thanks. Jeff, for the folks out there who don't know kind of who you are and what you do in the podcasting world, can you share about kind of who you are and kind of where you live and sit in the podcasting world these days? Yeah, I run, I'm the owner of Come Alive Creative. We started off, I think about six, seven years ago as a web dev agency and some digital marketing. We started producing some podcasts both for ourselves and for a couple of our clients for more of like a digital marketing side. And then it was probably about two, three years ago that we have gutted every other service we offered and focus solely on podcast production now. And so we've been producing, I think I have about three internally that we're working on now. And then otherwise, a handful of clients that we've partnered up with to make their shows a reality. Okay, cool. So Jeff, on a regular basis, what is your kind of working relationship then look like with your customers? What kind of services do you guys do? Do you guys create the whole podcast for them? Or do they record it and you edit and create show notes and publish? Or where, where do you guys kind of sit in the workflow for your customers? Okay, if you are a person that's out there looking to start a podcast, I break it up into basically three types of help that you can get. The first type of help would be some sort of expert teaching you. And this could be through their courses. This could be through like group sessions, and this might be one-on-one. And essentially, you'd want to do that if you still want a hand in it, if you want to be able to be the person actually making those creative decisions and actually doing the editing and recording all of those things. But you want to expedite the process. You want to get faster at it. The second tier would be what I consider the technical help. And that's when you have an idea of, I want my episodes to be about this. I understand my strategy. I understand my direction. I know how to record, but I need someone else to help me with the editing. I want somebody to maybe do show notes and transcriptions. And I just, I don't want to worry about getting it posted to the web. So that would be a lot of those different companies, even like your own. And I don't want to say what your company does, but I think of companies like that, that have good like monthly solutions of it's X amount of dollars. We provide these services you don't need to worry about it anymore. And that's a really, really good fit for a lot of people. And the way that we've positioned our company is a little more of a partnership. It's kind of a turnkey solution. And it's for a lot of the time, we'll partner with different companies, businesses, organizations, or usually busy business professionals. And they know that podcasting can do a lot of good for them and what they're trying to accomplish, but they really don't have the bandwidth or the understanding, sometimes both, to get started. And so we can come in and really from start to finish, make their podcast a reality. Some people might refer to this as branded podcasts, but it, I think it's a, a little more broad than that. Gotcha. So you are creating the content for these folks or they still create the content and you do all the strategy and set up beforehand and the, the kind of content strategy and stuff and all the work afterwards? Or are you doing everything? It depends on what the client needs. So the way that we're equipped, and you can find this, we have this on our site in a couple different places, or if anybody's ever reached out to me, I've likely replied with this. But we have a, a PDF that I put together and essentially we focus on four parts. And I made them alliteration. They all start with P for the most part. I I worked it out so it sounds pretty. But there's the planning side of everything up front that it's going to take to get it started. That's from the strategy to the basics of knowing what to use and how to use it to record yourself. There's the actual production. And that's what most people think about when it comes to podcasting. So getting those episodes edited and 
just to a professional standard, whether we're talking interview solo or sort of that public radio style narrative type of casts. There's the promotional piece. And so usually we leave that up to our clients' actual marketing teams, but we'll provide a lot of the assets, whether it's design or just making the content that we create with our show notes and things reusable in different places. And then the final piece is progress. And so it's looking at whatever we defined as goals in the beginning, we're monitoring those as we go. And sometimes it's impressions, sometimes it's conversions, it might be interactions. It really just depends on what our client needs. And so I would say right now, with our current client base, we probably have maybe a third of them are doing the recording themselves, but we help a lot with like the direction and where it's going and those kind of aspects. And then I would say maybe two thirds of our clients are really, we're doing most of it in terms of just set up to final, final piece on the web. Gotcha. Gotcha. You talked about the the kind of three different types of help or the several different types of help that you can get for your podcast. The one being like courses and learning how to do the work yourself. The the kind of second tier, I guess, being a team like Podcast Motor, which is also like one of my businesses that does all the work after you record an episode and is, you know, a solution for just the post-production part of things really. Mm-hmm. And then there's a tier kind of like yours where it's a little more consultative and partnership related. For the folks who are maybe like just getting into podcasting or have been into podcasting a little bit and are saying like, all right, you know, I got a little bit of ad money or my business is this is my business podcasting. I'm ready to kind of leverage my my money for my time. How should they think about which of those buckets they should get into to kind of best suit their situation and needs? For me, that's that's a, a business question more than it is a podcast question. And it sort of comes down to you're going to either be spending time or money with any choice that we make. And I mean, you know, as a business owner as well, it's like, if you don't necessarily have the money to do it, you're going to end up doing it or somebody on your team that you're already paying is going to end up doing it. Or on the flip side, if you have the resources and you want to free up some time, you're likely going to need to pay for it. And so as I've interacted with people, it really just depends on your needs is what it comes down to. There's some people that want that creative control and having a course or something along those lines really just helps you get there faster at the end of the day. You would Mm -hmm. likely figure it out. But for me personally, I would rather go to an expert and go, what the heck am I doing? Like, how do do I pull this (laughs) off? And just take whatever they've learned, consolidate it, pay them whatever for the course and then go, okay, awesome. Now I'm that much, that much the wiser. It seems like for a lot of people, especially if we're talking about individuals, usually that technical solution is a good fit because the other thing that you need to think about is like concepts that they talk about saying the one thing, the book, the one thing of what what are those things that you need to do? Because the other way that I describe this is that there's certain things that only you can do in your business. Nobody else can do it. There's things that a human needs to do, but it doesn't necessarily need to be you. And then the final piece is like, there's things that just need to get done and you can likely automate them. Like it doesn't even need a person per se. And so if you're thinking about your business and those types of frameworks, you can usually begin to determine pretty quickly like, all right, I don't need to be the one editing this. So let me... Let me hire podcast motor. Or it might be more of the, my my time really needs to be completely over here on like course development or product development. I just need a third-party team to come in and do this for me because I think it'll it'll be a good investment. And so it's, yeah. it's those kind of things that is how I would approach it. Cool. No, that's really helpful. I, I think that's pretty much exactly what I would say. So that's really cool to hear. You have a, a blog post on your website talking about determining the ROI of your podcast. And we'll definitely link this in the show notes. It's a fantastic article. And 
I think this is a, a really difficult and interesting concept, especially for business owners to say like, okay, I'm going to start this podcast. A lot of us know 100% that podcasting is probably one of the best ways to kind of extend our brand, even if we're already doing something like blogging or have a YouTube channel or something like that, creating a podcast to just get you in different places and you can have different types of conversations with people than you can in other media. But but I think it still comes down to the analytics and the the real hard impressions, if you will, around podcasting is tough to measure for a lot of folks. And so they come to us a lot and I'm sure they come to you at, at Come Alive Creative and saying, okay, I'm going to go spend not an insignificant amount of money with you. How do I know that it's worth it? So how do you guys, I mean, it's so maybe kind of talk through some of the stuff in the blog post, we'll definitely link up the whole post in the show notes, but kind of how do you think about that when you're talking to your customers and how should people think about this when it comes to like, I need to invest my time or my money into a podcast, you know, what, what is like the end goal? What should that really look like for them? You think? Are we looking at it in terms of like a podcast in general? Or are we looking like, have they already determined that a podcast is a good idea? Or are we taking it from the very beginning? Like, is the podcast a good idea at all? Yeah. I mean, I think most that maybe this is bad, but I think most savvy marketers will say, I should have a podcast because my competitor has a podcast and everyone else in the world has a podcast. And if I don't, I'm probably falling behind. So let's say they're pretty sure that a podcast is a good idea and they have to justify it to themselves if they're the business owner or their boss, if they're like a director of marketing or something like that. What what does that kind of road look like for them, you think? Okay. All right. We're in the middle of that actually on a couple of the clients that I'm working with where it's like, say I'm working with the head of content or CMO or something and, and we're beginning to put together presentations for like the owner of the company, the CEO or or whoever it is to go, Hey, look, this is working and let me show you how. And so I'm going to assume like you just said that you've determined a podcast is legitimately a good thing to invest in. And just even to kind of clarify that a little bit, most of the people we work with, they want to build authority in a particular space. They want to be able to naturally promote a service or a product. Maybe they want to other just basic things is you want to network. Like it's a really easy way to network. And so all these things start to come together of why it might be a good idea. Now, de facto, and what everybody is really used to talking about, and especially I think for the individual podcasters, like if you're just an individual entrepreneur or you you see podcasting, you're like, oh, I think that's a good thing. You normally get fixated on the first two things that I list in my article, and it's the number of listeners or downloads, and then kind of in result sponsorship or ad revenue. And so those are two ways that we could determine, yes, this is worth it. Like I'm getting a lot of impressions. You could translate that as my message is getting out there. So therefore, it's worth it. I have X X thousand. or X, If it's X hundred, it's probably not that many. But if we're talking like X thousand or X tens of thousands of listeners per app, you're doing a decent job getting your message out there. In result, traditionally speaking, if you follow the normal avenues, if you have a high listenership per episode, that can result in high sponsorship revenue. That's not always the case. And so the other thing that I mentioned in the article too is that there are other ways that you can approach this where if you just partner up with a company or somebody that wants to give you money that your vision aligns closely with theirs, you can kind of ignore almost some of those. If you figure 
figure out something that works best for both of you, but you can ignore some of the standard like CPM based ways to determine ad revenue. And so that's, that's one way to look at the first two. Other things that I know a lot of the time that our clients are interested in would be podcast reviews or social proof in that sense. And so it could just be the simple things like what you're getting on iTunes or what people are sending you. We just put together for one of my clients, we collected all of the emails that he's received from this past first quarter. We've collected a lot of the different reviews that he's gotten. So a lot of testimonial-based stuff, put that together into a nice little presentation deck and presented it to their sponsor for the sponsor of the show because their sponsor cares a lot about the social evidence of are we making like a tangible influence on individuals? It's not so much, hey, is it all about the numbers, but it's about the specific people. Are we making an impact on them? Outside of the cast itself, I think we really should look at this from a marketing angle. And instead of just pushing podcast, 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 like to understand that this is just another medium. So it's it's not any different than it is different. But in, in the sense of what I'm talking about, it's not any different than a video or written or anything like that. And so we still want to pay attention to things like site traffic and the conversions there. Can we follow the people that are coming inbound onto an episode page or an episode blog post or however you have it set up? And is that converting into whatever your CTA or your call to action on that page is? And in the same way, you can pay attention to things like your email signups, open rates, engagements there. When you send out an email about your podcast episode or about the shows that you have going on, are people clicking through higher than they do on other emails? And then some of the stuff for me that gets the most fun or that's the most exciting is when you begin to look at the networks and networking that you can do, the relationships that you can build. We had one previous client of mine who they've they've taken over since then um, and kind of changed the direction of the general show. But one of the things that we figured out on accident is we interviewed a lot of the people that used their service. And in doing that, we didn't realize this at first, but we got to learn about their customers way more than we ever could have in like a survey or just a random email or even jumping on a phone call where you're, you're having a 45-minute conversation with these people and you get to learn about their successes and their failures. And, and obviously, all of that informs just it builds rapport and those types of things. And I think just the final stuff that I mentioned too is it's it's a really easy way to create content and repurpose content. And so you can take an episode and reuse it in many, many different mediums. And then for me personally, I just love learning. And I think there's a lot of people that are similar, that they really enjoy hearing other people's stories, learning from other experts. And the last one that I don't have on the article is it's just honestly, it's fun. Like it's, it's an enjoyable <laughs> thing to do. So, I mean, those, those are a pretty good recap of everything I talk about in that article. Yeah, no, I, I, I it's spot on. I'm just sitting here nodding my head the whole time, <laughs> the whole time you're talking, but you know, I think that, that you're spot on with a few things I want to touch on in particular. And one is very uh, kind of toot our own horn, but we're, we're seeing a lot of people really digging our YouTube republishing feature at Castos. So we have a, a feature where we automatically convert your audio into a video file and publish it to YouTube for you. Like you were talking about, like there are things that people don't need to be involved in at all, humans. And we have computers and they're very smart and they're very good at these kinds of things. And we're seeing people get actually pretty solid number of views on their YouTube videos from their podcast episodes for absolutely no extra work. It takes two minutes to set up the first time and then it runs automatically every episode you publish. I think it's like a no-brainer way to extend the reach of your podcast 
that you don't have to do anything, right? And YouTube is what, like the second or third biggest search engine on, on the internet, right? And so you're automatically showing up there with every podcast episode you you release. So I think folks who aren't at least thinking about that, maybe you're leaving a little bit on the table. But the one that I would love to hear more about, you passed by this, and this is a really tough one, but I want to get your, your take on it is attributing website traffic to the podcast. So obviously we can say like, you know, people go to read the show notes or whatever, but how do you get, and I think I talked about this on several episodes recently, but it's it's something that I don't really know how to do well. And I'd love to, all of our listeners could could do this better because I think we all would kind of benefit from it. But just how do you get the the lady that's walking the dog to go home and log onto her computer and visit your website after she listens to the podcast while she was walking the dog or the guy that's commuting to work and is in the car and can't shouldn't pull out his iPhone and and go to to your website to check out the show notes that you're talking about how do you how do you bridge that gap from people don't listen to their podcasts on their laptop or desktop typically mm-hmm. that's probably where they're going to consume your website material how, how do you how do you get people to engage there that is it's a tough big one, one right <laughs> that's the big question i think yeah i don't want to just flippantly answer first i want to clarify i'm going to poison my own well there's people on my team and just people in general that would be able to speak to that much better than me and and again i would go back and i would argue that a lot of these things aren't podcasting issues. They're more just really good digital marketing issues. Yeah. And it's a matter of kind of crossing over as like, okay, how does a podcast work in this existing ecosystem that we already know about? And so if I was going to speak to it high level, stuff that I will often recommend to our clients, and let's say this came up in a meeting right earlier today, we were talking about, um, I was talking to my point of contact and she works for a larger company. So she has to go back to a team. And what she originally proposed to me in terms of let's set up these introductions, let's set up these outros on each episode. And some of the stuff that they had in there was like very wordy. The URLs were kind of complicated. And I'm like, you need to convey to the people that you're talking to the, the culture that is around this of when we're listening, exactly what you just laid out. Most of us are listening on the go. We're doing something. We, we don't have the luxury of just being like, oh, let me open my web browser while I'm driving my car and, and doing these things. Like, it's just not a thing. And so it really comes down. I don't feel like we need to overcomplicate it. Keeping stuff specific, clear. Like if you slam somebody at the end of your episode with check out my Instagram and check out my Facebook page and don't forget to go to my website. And if you want to listen to more, like the more crap we tell them to do, the likelihood of them doing anything is really, really low. So having very clear, specific, memorable calls to action at key points. I know, say, for example, at Podcast Movement last year, I went to, I hope I attribute this right, I believe it was a mid-roll session and the company mid-roll. And they were talking about like, they make sure that they, whether it's a phone number or whether it's an email or a, a URL, like say it three times. Like, and it sounds, it's almost like kind of goes back into like, infomercial style stuff. And I don't mean the cheesy aspect of infomercials, but there are principles that come into play that you can find in other verticals and other industries that really should just, they work, period, and they should be applied back to what we're doing. We're not alone on an island. And so I'm going to continue to really argue, what can we learn from each other? What can we learn that's working in the other mediums? And try to drag that back into what it is we're doing and, and to look at this a little more broadly than like, hey, go listen to my podcast episode. Now that you listened, go do this other thing for me. I think you're spot on. And I think, you know, we have we have folks that come to us at Podcast Motor and say, you know, Craig, how can I kind of game the system and get into new and noteworthy in iTunes? And 
for everybody who's maybe just starting new and noteworthy used to be a slam dunk two years ago, maybe Jeff, it changed mm-hmm. a lot and it's really, really hard now, Yeah, which makes it much more valuable because before everyone got in and it really didn't mean anything. Now, if you get in, it actually has a decent impact on your listenership, I think. But the answer is there is no way <laughs> to game the system that I know of. And it is all of the good stuff you should do to release any kind of product or content. It is to share it with your audience, have an email list, have a social media following, have real champions that go out and kind of do guerrilla marketing for you and telling your friends and subscribing, you know, grab their phone and subscribe to the podcast forum and everything. And like all of this stuff that like, it's just good practice. Mm-hmm. I think like growing a good podcast is showing up every week and promoting it effectively. And I think you're, you're spot on that like, getting people back engaged to to your brand which should be on your website it should not be on you know your media host website by the way should, you should have a website for your podcast yeah that, that I, I was speaking of that even assumed too there's there's yeah. a lot one question i wanted to flip around to you did you watch dan meisner's how to grow your podcast audience on creative live by chance no huh okay that was a great class and it kind of sounds like if i can clarify it sounds like we're talking about two different things because there's the initial question that you asked of how do you get somebody from the podcast to the call to action, whether it be your site or something else. And then it sounds like we're also talking about just general, how do you grow your audience? And there's a lot, like the, clearly there's a lot we could dig into on, on both those fronts. Yeah, no, I was kind of saying that the answer to both is just good marketing practice, I think. Yeah. So, so how to get people from, you know, at the gym to back at their laptop and doing something with your brand is the same kind of mindset like you're talking about of, you know, of, of how to launch a podcast with a bang and stuff. Yeah. I think one of the, probably the most impactful thing that you said that, that we preach a lot is have one single clear and unique to the podcast call to action. So something that I think gets kind of overlooked a lot is people say, you know, join my email list to learn more. Well, if you have people join the email list in the same place that everyone else joins the email list, it's going to be really hard to attribute that back to the podcast. But mm-hmm. if like you use WordPress or Squarespace or whatever, you create another page that is the only place that you tell people to go subscribe to the email list is on the podcast then I mean, if you're using any kind of savvy email marketing tool, you can tell, okay, the 37 people that signed up on this page last week had to come from my podcast. And so that's like a really attributable thing. And so having some kind of clear place and signal that you can tell people to go that only exists in the podcast is a really cool way that I think some people have, in a really kind of basic way at least, kind of broken out podcast traffic from all the other kind of traffic and sources they get. Yeah, 100%. That, that's definitely a big piece. And I think just like knowing who you're talking to is so incredibly key. And it's like, even as I'm thinking about it, there's a lot of stuff that I forget. I forget this makes me irritated because I want to be able to reference the person. I did not come up with this, but I heard somebody talking about it the other day. I can't think of the source. How we'll walk out. If you're anything like just most of us, we'll go out to our mailbox, we'll grab whatever the mail is, pitch all the junk, or maybe rip it in half first and then throw it away, throw it into recycling. And you keep a couple select things that you're like, oh, this is kind of probably important. The vast majority of, I think, what what most of us do is like that junk mail. Yep. It's the things that we just get used to. Like, again, we cite, cite a couple of years ago, banner ads, all the rage, like whatever, early 2000s, whatever it is in the web dev space. And then after a while, you you literally learned to not see them. Like, it just became a thing that people instinctually glossed over and it wasn't even a deal anymore. 
And it's, it's funny for me where it's like you watch a YouTube video and everybody's YouTube, you better subscribe and hit that little notification bell. So you don't, or smash that like button or whatever it is that we just seem to start mimicking. And when it all sounds the same, like you just, it doesn't matter anymore. Cause there's nothing about it. Like you said that not only is it like literally unique in terms of its URL structure, but is it compelling at all? Mm-hmm. I have to internalize what makes me actually sign up for a newsletter. What makes me pause for a second and go, Oh, I- I'm interested in that. And start to figure that out, not only about yourself, but more importantly, talk to the people that are existing fans and ask, why did you sign up? Like, what compelled you to do the thing that I've been asking everybody else to do? And just do that better is really a lot of what it comes down to. Yep, 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 for sure, for sure. I'll share one other thing that I, I got from Podcast Movement last year from one of the the kind of roundtable discussions they had is in terms of a call to action, you know, everyone, everyone says, go leave us a five-star review in iTunes or some kind of creative version of that. We changed, and this is the suggestion I got, and we changed it from my personal podcast right after Podcast Movement last year. And the call to action now is, if you're enjoying the show, share it with someone else who you think would enjoy the podcast as well. And it is making a significant difference. It's really cool to see like our listenership be growing kind of over time. And that's the only change we've made. And so I think it's cool to get in people's head and say, don't tell them this thing that they're not going to do because the iTunes interface is difficult and (laughs) nobody knows how to leave a review. But you can say, hey, share this with a friend. And if they're, you know, on a run, they can say, hey, man, you, you should listen to this podcast. I listened to it and it's really cool. So yeah, it's a little nugget for maybe folks to take out and implement. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, a lot of people say like, oh man, podcasting is like such a, such a rage right now. And it's, uh, you know, it's in a bubble or it's so hyped up and all this kind of stuff right now. I personally think that we're really just getting into the, the steep part of the slope, if you will, of, of kind of podcast adoption and stuff. For folks who kind of say that to you, like, oh, should I still get into podcasting now here in kind of what's April 2019? Is it over? Is it too late to get in? What What do you say to those folks? No, I mean, like, no. <laughs> look look at the numbers. This is the thing. It's so funny because they say podcasting's in a bubble. There's two ways we have to look at it. If you are a podcaster, you probably need to calm down. Is is my guess? Like it is a fantastic medium, and trust me, like I love it. I've built a business on it, and and it's extremely thank you for exciting, listening to another time, episode of Podcast Hackers. If you liked what you heard today, please outside, head over to iTunes and leave. A rating worried. and review. I don't think you this have goes a long way like towards to helping spread the word about the show to other podcasters the, just like Edison you. Research Until next time, happy podcasting. All the analytics and stuff, and we're still at, I believe, twenty five percent saturation rate in terms of yep. listenership in the states. And so that right there, one out of four people are listening. And now on one hand, it's great. Like we grew more this past year than we have any other past year before that. In general, when you look at all of the stats that kind of lead up to just general podcast growth, we saw a little dip in 2013, but otherwise it's all been an upward trajectory. But at the same time, like we're not anywhere close to radio. We're not really touching video. And there's all these other mediums that people are asking the same questions about. Is it too late for me to get into YouTube? Is it too late? for me to do these other things. And so on one hand, no. But on the other hand, I do think we need to be realistic that standard formats and almost what I was saying a second ago of if what you make sounds like everything else that's already out there, you're probably going to have a problem. If you're creating a topic that's already highly saturated, and you can find this, there's plenty of 
maybe not plenty, but there's a handful of people that talk about it and you can research it and see what's going on in terms of the trends and which categories have the most podcasts involved in them and all these things. You just, you need to be careful. And so you, you need to think about this. What I would argue for very heavily is it's not so much about the podcast as much as it is the content that you create. Is what you're creating true to your brand? Is what you're creating helpful for your target audience and speak to them in a way that they will hear it and it'll resonate with them? Is it unique and compelling? Like if you are doing an interview-based cast, like why should I listen to yours versus all of the other ones that exist? If you're trying to pull off a narrative, is it good? And what can you do to make it better? And so it's like a lot of those types of, I think more around the content side than just, hey, I'm, I'm making a podcast. Look at me go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I think that it's it's definitely riskier, I think is what you're saying, the, to, to start a podcast now. But it, it still has a ton of legs Oh, for sure. And it, it depends on goals. It really depends on goals too at the end of the day. Like if, if you're trying to start a cast to be the next like Joe Rogan or something or catch up with like startup or cereal or anything, like, okay, you're probably going to be hard pressed to just do that out of the gate. However, if you have realistic business goals behind your stuff, I mean, honestly, though, there's, there's plenty of episodes that are designed intentionally to get a ton of listenership. And you're going to approach that from a digital marketing standpoint way different than I just want to cater to my existing audience. Like, And so depending on your intent, depending on your goals, I would say it's very, very reasonable to have a successful podcast still, depending on a few of those variables. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's definitely worth pointing out. And, and I know you know this and talk to your clients about it. But for folks out there who are just starting a podcast in, and especially like in the business space, not in the Joe Rogan entertainment, just need a bunch of download space. You don't need thousands of downloads to have a successful podcast. You need hundreds, a hundred maybe even podcasts to to have a successful or downloads to have a successful podcast. If you're in a very specific niche talking to your target audience and a hundred of them listen every week, that's a hundred that you don't reach with your blog or your YouTube channel or whatever. And that's a huge win. So I think folks out there who obsess over stats I obsess over stats some, but I'm I'm tempered a little bit in knowing that like I don't need 10,000 downloads. I probably will never get 10,000 downloads for my podcast. And that's cool because I talk to the several hundred or thousand people that are really important to me mm-hmm. and my brand and everything. And that makes it successful for me. So I think everyone's definition of success, it should be different and is definitely different. And, and don't compare yourself to other people, especially when it comes to, to stats. Yeah, agree. Yeah. You talked on kind of differentiating yourself from from other people in in the space. Are there any nuggets you would drop to folks kind of getting into podcasting, or maybe they have a podcast already and it's and it's not getting a lot of traction? They got to figure out a better kind of angle at this. Maybe a, a couple of specific things they might do to to think about or evaluate kind of where their podcast sits in relation to everything else so that they can stand out better. We define folks. Podcasters. So, I mean, typically like, yeah, no, anybody, I think I wouldn't even say just businesses, but anybody who has a podcast that's new or they're just getting into it. That That is an unfairly humongous <laughs> question. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff we can cover there. What am I trying to get at? How do you make a podcast that doesn't suck in 2019? That doesn't sound like everyone else's and doesn't interview the same 
guy about the same thing. And maybe that's the answer to the question is don't interview the same person about the same thing that you hear them talk about on every other podcast. Is that is that really the answer? Uh, I think it's part. I mean, that that I guess I didn't intend for this to be my theme, but that would go back to the is your story compelling period, like whether it's information you're trying to relay or, or these other things. But I think there is more to it than that. Because Broadly speaking, like the if you haven't figured out already, I approach things thousand foot look and then I start to break them down more minusculely. And so when you ask me a question like that, immediately my mind goes towards is the content good? Uh, not only in terms of is it quality content, and I, I kind of am, am sick of that phrase because it gets thrown around a lot, but I do sincerely mean it. Is it quality content? Would anybody want to listen to it? And then specifically, is it good for who it's intended for? And so those things for sure need to line up. And if they don't line up, you're going to have some fundamental problems right out of the gate. Beyond that, let's assume that those things are covered. Let's say you have a decent show and it hits your target audience well. What are you doing to promote it? Keep in mind what even just the stats we said a second ago, if you want to tap into existing listenership, there's certain things that you can do to help grow that angle. If you want to expand out into people who are not listening to podcasts already in your target market, there's going to be different types of tactics you'll want to take. And then as you just, as you continue, I mean, it's like, it's just being intentional. Like, are you paying attention and are you continuing to refine? Podcasting is unique because it's, it's sort of like a living, breathing organism. A lot of the time, and especially when with a couple of, say, the clients that I work with who are more of the digital marketing mindset, it's a lot easier to go, okay, I'm going to invest this much in some ad space, like, or whatever, via, via Google or Facebook or whatever it is. I can calculate that I will likely get this type of return. And so therefore it'll be worth it. And I'm going to see some immediate results. That's usually not the case with podcasting, unless you're being very, very intentional about making a show that is intended to go gangbusters or to blow up and, and go viral or however you want to define it. But for most of us, we're investing into a brand. We're investing into something that's going to have long-term positive results. And so it's you have to think of it in not only out of the gate, do the best job you possibly can with both the sound quality and the content and all those things, but you're playing a long game and, and you want to keep that in mind. Like you're not just going to be a wonderful success overnight, but that doesn't mean like we've said this whole time, it doesn't mean you won't be successful. It doesn't mean your podcast won't be worth it. You just need to you need to approach it with really a there's a lot of pieces. And then honestly, for me, it's like when I put it out there like that, it's like get, that's why you want help. Like I don't even care if it's mm-hmm. me per se. Like find people that know what they're talking about and partner with the right people. It's the same thing we do with with anything. Like there, I'm sure, Craig, there's a ton of stuff you're doing where it's like you just know I need to talk to person A about this thing because we we can't know it all. Like do the best you can with what you got, but bring in the right people to surround you to help you and your company and your business or whatever it is you're doing be successful. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. I think that's a really great point. And then probably a good place to wrap up. Jeff, I'm sure a lot of people are listening to this episode saying, wow, Jeff really knows what he's talking about. I would love to learn more about him and what he's talking about, read some more of this of his blog posts. But for folks who want to kind of reach out, learn more about you and get in touch, where's the best place to connect with you online? Well, I will not give since how we, we have all these things. I will not give you five different places to go. One. You get so, one. <laughs> you, I'll give you one. I'm just gonna tell you my business. That'll be the easiest way. And then from there, I'll be able to connect you to anything else. It's just comealivecreative.com. Awesome. Awesome. Jeff, this was a really great chat. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. And I think everyone will, will get a lot out of it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Podcast Hackers. 
If you liked what you heard today, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. This goes a long way towards helping spread the word about the show to other podcasters just like you. Until next time, happy podcasting!